0: coming up on Philosophy Talk, pantheism, seeing the divine in nature. To me, nature is you know, I don't know, spiders and bugs and then
1: and, and big fish eating little fish and, and, and plants eating uh, plants and animals eating. It's like an enormous restaurant.
2: In the fury of the moment I can see the master's hand In every leaf that trembles
0: in every grain of
2: sand. The divine and the natural The divine in the natural What does it mean to worship nature? How can we make sense of pantheism in a scientific age? Is pantheism just an outmoded idea of the romantic poets? Is there a connection between pantheism and the modern ecological
0: movement? Our guest is Philip Clayton from the Claremont School of Theology Pantheism,
2: coming up on Philosophy Talk
0: Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco.
2: Our conversation started down the road at Stanford University, where both Ken and I teach philosophy. And today we're going to talk about pantheism. Pantheism. The view that God is identical with nature, and therefore, nature is to be worshipped. Well, that's close,
0: John, but let's be more precise. Pan means all, and theism is belief in God. So, strictly speaking, pantheism is to believe that God is everything, and everything is God. Pantheists believe, in effect, that God is identical with the universe, with everything.
2: Well... Is that really all that different from Christianity or Judaism? I mean, in catechism class, I learned that God was imminent in the sense that he pervades the entire universe.
0: Well, there's a, there are two really big differences. Pantheists deny, first of all, that God is a person in the way that Jesus Christ and God and the Holy Ghost are three persons, one substance. And they deny that God is transcendent.
2: Transcendence. That's the view that God is something above and beyond the world. That he transcends the universe, which, after all, he is uh, allegedly created. He's an entity outside of the world, even if he also manages somehow to be imminent or fully present in it. Yeah,
0: right. Pantheists deny that idea that God is transcendent. That's what they mean by their slogan, God is everything and everything is God.
2: And pantheists reject, this is the second thing you mentioned, reject the idea that God is a person. That is, a being with beliefs, desires, intentions, and agency. The things that you think might make him lovable. And... That idea that God is a person, that's pretty central to most monotheism. Yeah, that's right. And pantheists see God completely differently from that. For them,
0: God isn't a person at all. That means he doesn't have will or intellect. There's no purpose. There's no plan of action that he has. None of that stuff. What is God? He's sort of, well, the unity that pervades and draws together into one big whole, all of existence.
2: Uh, Now pantheism is starting to sound remarkably like atheism. Uh, How so? Why do you say that? Well, atheism is the rejection of theism. And if we've rejected the personal God that transcends the universe, haven't we rejected theism? I don't really see how to make sense of the claim that God is everything and everything is God. I mean, by God, pantheists seem to mean something other than the personal being that exists above and beyond the world. To put it another way, what does the word God mean to the pantheist? If God just means everything that exists... Then saying that God is everything is just saying everything is everything. That's not a very substantial body of belief.
0: Well, you know, actually you're making a criticism of pantheism that's often made. Uh, uh, Schopenhauer put it nicely. He said, to call the world God is not to explain the world. It is only to enrich our language with a
2: superfluous synonym for the word world. So Schopenhauer agrees with you. Well, exactly. Why, why talk of God at all if it's just another way to refer to the world or the universe? I think the pantheists should have the courage of their convictions and just call themselves atheists. Well, John, I, but I don't, I don't want to follow you there because I think
0: you and Schopenhauer with you just have, they have too narrow a notion of God. Your notion of God is much too limited. God doesn't have to be a transcendent person to be God. And moreover, I think you can still worship this non-transcendent, non-personal God, even if he's not personal and transcendent.
2: Well, okay, maybe so, but it seems like what you're leaving us, or what the pantheist leaving us, is pretty thin gruel to serve as any kind of religion. I mean, maybe that's why there aren't any pantheist churches. I mean, there aren't, are there? And, and no universally agreed-upon pantheist rituals or practices either. Pantheism just sounds like nature-loving atheism, atheism with an attitude, disguised as religion. Well, you know, many pantheists do actually love nature. Some may even worship
0: nature. The romantic poets Wordsworth and Whitman were self-described pantheists. They definitely love nature. But, you know, there are other pantheists who aren't so fond of nature. Spinoza, Lao Tzu, maybe even Hegel and Plotinus. That's a little dicier. They didn't uh, regard nature as any particular object of worship. So it's a complicated view.
2: Well, this whole idea of loving nature raises another question. Can pantheism survive what we know about The universe namely it's just mostly nothing interspersed now and then with some big flaming stuff and this little corner of things where we somehow managed to survive. Are there any modern-day pantheism? And how do they really distinguish themselves from theism without collapsing into atheism? Lots of questions for us to discuss. And we need to get started answering them. And to help us do that, we sent
0: our roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Ash, to find modern-day pantheists. She files this report.
1: Do you believe in God?
0: No, I don't believe in God.
1: What is God? Well, I don't believe in God, so God is nothing to me. But, for other people, I think God is love and hope. For many people, God is someone, a single creator. But what about pantheists? My idea of
3: pantheism is that everything is part of a divinely co-creative whole.
1: That's Rabbit, an eclectic pagan. She co-owns The Sacred Well, a magical shop in Oakland, California. Rabbit leads workshops that blend various religious ideas and practices. Pantheism and nature play prominent roles. Everything contains an
3: indwelling divine nature. Each of us is doing our part, even inanimate objects such as stones, you know, trees, um, stars, stardust, space garbage. <laughs> They're all part of this evolving whole.
1: At the sacred well, about a dozen women huddle around the table. In the center, baskets of rose quartz to spread love, and rocks from Madagascar build as watery, floaty heart elevators. The air is thick with scented candles and incense.
3: Pretty much anyone here who wasn't raised, you know, by parents who are invested in eclectic paganism and quantum physics has been taught that God lives outside of you and you have to bring God in, and that the devil lives outside of you and that the devil can get in. The Way of the Rabbit Witchcraft says, you are already all of the good and evil of the entire universe, vast and circulating with potential.
1: As an eclectic pagan, Rabbit incorporates slices of Buddhism, Yoruba, and Celtic reconstructionism into her belief system. When she practices, Rabbit says she feels like she's debating with nature, or rather asking nature to help her achieve a specific goal.
3: Maybe if I'm to take something natural and go and like some stones and go sprinkle them in the water as an offering, it's a way for me to say, like a stone dropped into the water, I want to be something solid and concrete in the fluidity of this change.
1: Rabbit is also presiding high priestess of the Come As You Are coven. Since she founded the group in 2005, it's swelled to about 500 members. Rabbit says the coven embraces a range of believers, but tends to emphasize nature and service to others. And they gather every full
3: moon. In a given ritual, we might put all of our focus on, say, the wolves. We might align ourselves with the spirit of the willow tree, and we might tap into the wisdom that the willow can offer by exploring what kinds of medicines it's been used to make and how have the branches been used in different ceremonial practices.
1: Back at the class, Rabbit assigns homework. Each woman will establish a daily practice, like lighting a candle with good intentions towards someone else, or visiting an altar. The goal, according to Rabbit, is to get these new witches and pantheists feeling the divine all around them. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Caitlin Esch.